Welcome to Speed Movie Minute, the podcast where we break down the 90s action classic Speed one minute at a time. And where we always try to stay above 50. I'll be your SWAT officer, Roger Wistar. And I am the wildcat behind the wheel, Billy Michaels. And this is Minute 107 of Speed. Uh, This minute starts with Annie looking on hopelessly as she contemplates her predicament. And it ends with Jack hatching a plan to derail the subway car. And we are really happy to be joined once again this week um, by uh, the hosts of Con Air and Deep Blue Sea and Movies, Films, and Flicks, uh, our friend Mark Hoffmeyer. How are you, Mark? I'm great. Uh, the emergency brake is still broken, so I'm still hurtling towards oblivion. But <laughs> audio's great, and this is lovely. I mean, this, what a way to go, talking with y'all. So this is great. We're going to try. So I, I have a little note here. There's a and, corner and... soon. What's that? <laughs> I said there's What'd a you... corner soon. theoretically we'll talk about that too about the map um i have written down in my notes here that i feel like annie annie and jack but especially annie sort of go through the five stages of grief in about 30 seconds oh Oh, that's a great point we'll get to that but perhaps some grief first ahead of time when we uh talk about our pop quiz hotshot question from yesterday which i don't think it's going to be as easy for you as monday's question was so, and Mark, I'll let you go first this time because I don't think this requires any special movie expertise. So, well, our this question, question was not easy. That took a few. That took a few tries. <laughs> it's fair, but this one is really, I think, a shot in the dark. So, my question from yesterday is just very simply: <coughs> What do you think a pair of handcuffs goes for these days on the internet, Mark? What the, do you think? The first thought that came into my mind is thirty-two ninety-nine. <laughs> okay, Bentley, what do you think? <laughs> A solid pair of police handcuffs. I got to go only because I loved magic growing up. So, like, I bought handcuffs and I'm adjusting for inflation. I go 60 bucks. Wow. So, I tell you what, you both are outside of my $5 range. Um, I research in a couple of places, and I think these days a pair of handcuffs goes for about 50 bucks. Oh, that's it. (laughs) Hey, Man, I thought I was lowballing it. Like you would think the thing that's supposed to like, you know, keep the bad guys, you know, cuffed as it were, like would be more expensive for some reason. Like I thought I was lowballing it at 60. Well, uh, let's just say perhaps I think that the supply might be larger than you think because there are other non-police demands for handcuffs. And we'll just sort of leave it at that. <laughs> oh, the pink fuzzy handcuffs. These don't have to be pink and fuzzy for your civilians to want to be uh, purchasing them on the internet. So I'm told. <laughs> so I'm told. So I'm told. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to know. Thirty-two ninety-nine. So I, I, I vastly underestimated the cost of handcuffs. No, they're more. That was my high school yearbook quote. Actually, I was like, in two, 2023, I'm going to vastly underestimate the cost of handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> and it Everyone came thought true. It was weird for doing it, but that was it. And it came true. <laughs> Look at so, you now. This minute it starts off, this is like an angry minute. Like the two of them just decide, like, we're just going to get, we're, we're going to get violent with this problem and see if we can solve it, our problem that way. Well, I mean, it starts off with a really nice moment between them where they touch hands or they touch handcuffs. And then, yes, they immediately go into like, they both kind of have the same well, what if we just break this thing? Like, because I, you got to think as characters, they're like, 
everything that I have survived today, I'm going to die because I'm stuck to this stupid pole with handcuffs? Like, there's no way. Like, I was on a bus with a bomb and then I made a tray out of this thing and then like we went out through a trap door and a bus and we're and everything's fine we're fine everybody's fine like and a guy I'm, strapped a bomb to me and I'm still okay Keanu pulled the he pulled the right wire now he, the the vest is over there out you know say la vie out of sight out of mind I'm gonna I'm gonna die because I'm handcuffed to a pole like you know but it yeah for for sure like they definitely go through like all five stages like Within about twenty seconds, they're like, "Oh my god, uh, no, we're gonna break this!" Ah, yeah, ah, crap, we're not gonna break it. <laughs> okay, what are we gonna do? <laughs> uh, I, but the handheld cinematography, though, by <coughs> and please don't butcher me. Well, you, I, I'm gonna butcher this name. I mean, Andrej Bartowiak. That's like, is that... Bartowiak or whatever Bartowiak. it is. He's yeah, he's fantastic. The, the the handheld camera work, when he goes back to kick it, the way that they follow Keanu's foot and the, just like the, the close framing and how frantic it is, like they're just, I love, they're inside just a set. And I love how, I mean, also Dion DeBont's cinematography as well, but just like he, he knows the cinematography. So it's like watching these two, like, and when he's out of frame and she's pulling with her hands in the handcuff in focus and he's in the back out of focus, like it's just a really interesting way to shoot this. And I think even if they do give up a little early and they don't rip her thumb off to uh, pull it through there or do uh, Vin Diesel and, like, charge her shoulders out, like, they do a good job of sort of, like you said, going through the five stages of grief and then just getting on with it. Like, it's it's a good scene. And, like, the way that Keanu's pulling on her and just his face, like, yeah. they're, they're on fire in this scene. I love the camera work, too, just following him back and forth, kicking the thing. It's wonderful. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good the way they acted, too, because, like, obviously they're not pulling... Sandra Bullock's wrists against those handcuffs as hard as they make it out to seem seem in the action this minute. Yeah. But like if, if they were really doing that, that would hurt a lot. Yeah, that would definitely hurt a lot. With the way that they are pulling here. And you're right, Mark, there's a lot of handheld camera in this movie. And I think I think it really helps give the movie a sense. Like you were talking about how this is not your overcharged 80s action movie. In a lot of ways, I think there's sort of a documentary feel to this movie that makes the action feel more real like legit yeah absolutely and i mean listen you got to go handheld when you're in a bus when you're in a train like if you're you know you're cutting off the side of it and getting like a wes anderson dolly shot it's going to take a lot of the urgency out of it like just all the people on the train the way they shoot it like i dig it like this is just a yeah this is definitely more of an intimate look and this scene feels very intimate as well which is kind of nice because i feel like in speed there was so many wide shots and you felt the the sorry, pardon the pun, the speed of the situation, the cars around them, they're surrounding. And then this one just goes, obviously for budgetary reasons, but it goes in tight. Like, I really dig that about this scene. And just watching him kick that thing, he's going for it. If the it cool, was JCVD, though, he just would have shin kicked that thing into oblivion. But still, <laughs> the cool, cool. The it's cool, cool thing about this is that it's like, while it is a set, it's not a set, it's an actual working train. And so they're actually, and the thing I was going to say to go back to something that Roger and I have. Uh, dealt with a lot on this show is like you watch the background out of the window and you see how fast they're actually moving so there's multiple times in this where they're moving at a good clip but then there's also times that like you can see where Keanu like you're looking out the front window and they're barely moving it's just like the lights are going <laughs> by super slow 
And so, like, so they're in an actual subway, like, an unfinished section. And, like, all of the freeway stuff was, like, a two- or three-mile thing where the freeway wasn't done. And they just kept, like, shooting and turning around and shooting and shooting. Like, they just did a circle. And also, Mark, the thing that I found interesting that Roger told me is that this movie came out before the O.J. Simpson thing. And so, basically, the way this movie was shot kind of informs how they shot the whole OJ chase because people like, I thought it, I thought it was the other way around. Like they were mimicking the OJ thing, but really it's the, it's the reverse of that, which I found very interesting. Oh gosh. That's sort of like, you know, the, the whole freeway chase. This movie, this movie premieres a week before the white Bronco chase. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, that's a good thing too. (laughs) For sure. But I like, I wonder if it, I wonder if it helped at all. They're like, oh wow, this thing looks like the thing that we just saw. <laughs> yeah, you, have you seen Speed? Like that? Yeah, looks, is that like, Speed? yeah, yeah. Speed's on TV already. <laughs> but oh yeah, gosh. that that's the, the Roger. I wanted to bring that up to you is that like, if you watch throughout this minute, the background, uh, it's different tempos. It's you know, it's different speeds for you know. Uh, but the background's moving usually like on the, on the, the up stuff where they're doing all the kick and they're moving at a good clip. But if it's like sort of like the wider shot and like Keanu's like pacing back and forth, you can see out the front and they're like five miles an hour. Basically. It's just like the lights are just kind of going like zoop. Well, they don't have very much of the tunnel. So that's why, I mean, like, otherwise for sure. just going to, it was like... just, it was just like, cause Roger and I would always like, uh, uh, basically try to figure out how fast they were actually going if they were outside or if you could like watch you know like especially at the airport they have like those orange cones so you could kind of see them going by slower or faster you could guess like how fast they were shooting stuff uh in in that moment or whatever but uh yeah uh, anyway that's how i do my math right there that's good i love that math there's that's also awesome. a little camera trick that one of our guests pointed out to us which i don't think they use in any of these subway scenes but I don't know if you noticed, but there's some under cranking or I don't know, over cranking. You would know the, the correct answer. Like the, some of the scenes they shot at half speed and then played oh, yeah. them back at full speed to make the bus look like it's going a lot faster. Um, and every, and they, every, every once in a while, you can see like other things around them moving bizarrely fast. <laughs> of, of, of course, you shoot at 24 frames per second, then you speed it up. You do it 12 frames per second, speed it up like. You know, in this one, I think Jan said 68 frames per second, but then they sped it up to 240 with a lot of the miniatures, which we'll get to. But yeah, they definitely had to, you know, that's just a classic way of making the thing look faster and just speed up the frames per second and then kind of blasting it forward. So, I mean, but it makes like, I feel like they had to use all the old school techniques in this movie. And that makes me so happy, like watching this again. And also too, the 90s love train movies, by the way, like Fugitive, Broken Arrow, Under Siege 2, Money Train, Speed, Back to Future 3, Mrs. Winterborn, Mission Impossible, Predator 2. There's a lot of plane, ac- or, I'm sorry, train action scenes in the 90s. What do you For think sure. it is about trains that make them like compelling in movies? I think you can move, all right, so not this one. And don't forget Maverick. Like train to Busan and Snowpiercer, right? You can move through them. There's, you can get a sense of propulsion, like Predator, how it's moving through the different cars. You know, Mission Impossible, you get the speed of it. In the, and also tunnels. Tunnels are very important when it comes to train movies. Like I feel like trains always go under a tunnel at the perfect time. Like Snowpiercer, Mission Impossible, all these movies. So yeah, there's great tunnel work. I think there's, there's just a lot of room to play with in these scenes. Like there, You can go forward, backward. You can fall out the train. You get on top of the train. 
if you've seen Logan, not Logan, the Wolverine, like I love the one on top of the, the Japanese speed train where the henchmen are insane enough to go after Logan on top of a speeding Japanese speed train. It's just, I think it, even, um, it was, uh, I believe it was super cop with Jackie, Jackie Chan and Michelle oh, Yeoh. Yeah. And they have that they whole jump. scene. Yeah. They jump a motorcycle onto it. They have a whole fight scene up there. And like, yeah, it is because in, in the, th- in, what I think trains do and in a fun movie Maverick in the nineties as well with Mel Gibson yeah. and Jodie Foster, um, but what I think trains do is like like we all understand how that works, and and the great thing about speed, and we've talked about this, is that like there's only I think two technical like VFX shots in this, and that's at the very beginning with the elevator. There's like, and then what's the other one, Raj? Well, there's a bunch of CG when they are shooting the gap scene, obviously. Okay. So yeah, there's like there's like like oh yeah, the the birds off in the distance and that sort of stuff. But the thing that makes this movie feel so great is that everything is practical. There's a real sense of stakes. There's a you as a human being don't have to go to the uncanny valley. You 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 understand like this tactile thing that they're doing. So you're like, "Oh, this this feels dangerous because it likely was dangerous. When you see the guy jump from the car to the bus, you know, Jack, uh, and, and if you listen to Yon Bond, it was Keanu Reeves, and it was definitely not. But, like, you, like, you see the stunt guy do the thing. You see the thing, like, everything, you know, you see the hole open up. You see the road going beneath him, and you're like, oh, crap, like, I wouldn't want to be there. You know, that's the thing is that, like, and, like, how they have so many stunt drivers. So it's, like, anytime they're, like, all of those cars on the freeway around the bus are all stunt guys and actual cars. So, and when Keanu, just, like, you know, uh, two weeks ago or whatever, when he's running towards the the bomb trash can and, like, he almost gets clipped by a couple of cars and, like, that's all real stuff and, like, there's a steady cam rig and, like, you know, it feels good. Uh, like, it gives you a sense of danger in like the simplest way because you as a human go yeah like i i wouldn't do it because like you know i wouldn't run out into traffic or whatever like you and anyway no absolutely yeah and and also this train right like it's like not only do you feel it but also just what the general with buster buster keaton and just trains throughout like there's just sense of just forward dude momentum. some of that stuff what's the one it's buster keaton right where it's like the trains come in and then he it's like it's on the train he like hits that that wood pole thing and yeah, that the general. flips the th- yeah? yeah god yeah. that's so crazy and just you know they actually crashed a, a train into a river and caused a ton of damage to the actual river and the people around it were pissed yeah. but i think like it's just it's it's like a it's just a speeding mass of steel and iron and just uh, that's gonna really hurt people when it when it when it hits. So yeah, I, think, I mean, I think there's something about a train that kind of makes it feel like this irresistible force, and like mm-hmm. you know, a car chase is different because like everybody is sort of in control of the car that they're driving, whereas on a train in a train movie like this, it's like you like. Strap in. You're basically like you're you're so insignificant compared to this gigantic hunk of metal. And like, if something bad happens, you're you're in for the ride. Oh yeah, no, I, like yeah, and you can't jump off. And like it, handcuffing her to the thing is a perfect way to keep them on the train. So yeah, and it's also so versatile. I mean, look at from Russia with Love, the fight scene in the the compartment with red and then bullet train and then the fight on top of here like there's so many little things you can do i expect to see a rotten tomatoes article from you mark about 
best train scenes in movies. If a movie features a train action scene, then I'll figure out the length of it. Like Broken Arrow, that's a great train scene in that. The Just... the cold open for um, Skyfall, one of the best oh, train scenes yeah. ever. Oh, when he jumps on it and then adjusts his cufflinks. Yeah, what a beautiful scene. I, I know you're right, though. I think I think it's just the sense of... Everyone understands a train, too. Yeah. Around the world, you see a train, you're like, that's going that direction. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to hurt if it flips. And let so us it's... never forget the 2002 Van Damme classic, Derailed, in which <laughs> in which some sort of like uh, disease breaks out on a train and Van Damme has to fight a virus and bad guy Russians. Wait, what? He fights other zombies? No, no. It's just like somebody like releases some sort of virus on a train. His son is in it at the time. His son is like 13 or something like that. He do, he gets to do like a kick and like take out a guy. Uh, but yeah, it's so, it's so stupid. It's like Van Damme is some cop or something. I forget. And a virus is released on a train and they have to beat the virus before the train gets somewhere. <laughs> it's like that South Park episode with Russell Crowe where he says, Pretty much. I'm going to fight. South Park I can't fight cancer, probably better. I found somebody with cancer. Take that cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Fights his way around the world. That's already better than this Van Damme movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and also, too, like what? Train to Busan. They're going to Busan. So they're going from Seoul to Busan. So you kind of know. Like, I've been on that train. Like, you can follow that. And the commuter, we're going to go to the end of the line. Yeah. So it's just, there's always a, and like 310 to Yuma, aren't they waiting for a train? Yeah, they're waiting for the 310 to Yuma. (laughs) And thank you for bringing it back to the future. It's been a while since that's been brought up here. That's, that's my, that's probably my favorite movie series. And definitely back to the first Back to the Future movie is top three for me of all time. I watch, I, I probably watch it on average, probably once a week. You're watching it now, aren't you? You have a couple screens up, and I'm watching. And, Your and, eyes and, keep going and, to the and left. if you could be quiet, they're about to time travel. So <laughs> he's with his mom in the car. <laughs> but it's, uh, what do you all but, think about? Um, what do you all think about Annie in this minute? I mean, after after sort of denial, she kind of moves on to bargaining. She's good. And she's saying to Jack, like, Jack, you got to get off this train. Save yourself. <laughs> it's it's perfect, and uh, uh, they nail it together. They they can't, like, I think the the handheld camera work, the close up work. The, how frantic it is and then the two of them just selling it like she doesn't have much to do here sandra bullock like she's kind of twisting her wrists around the pole it's like yeah like sandy just make something work sandy b pull it off yeah and she crushes it and keanu looks like he's hurting her too during this scene yeah and then she just sort of gives up and starts jump some good jumping work well that's interesting i was going to say uh to your point earlier i think it's really good at because if you look at her if you look at him grab her arms when he's pulling on the if you look at him grab her arms he stage grabs them like you don't see like indents on her hand or her wrist or her skin or anything. He just like he aggressively kind of like ghost grabs her arms and then lets her do the work. And he, then as she moves, then he starts to, you yeah. know, flex those sweet biceps that Keanu's got in this movie. They do a good job with the special effects, though, at the end of the week. Like her arrests are wrecked. Yeah, you can see him in the beginning of this clip you sent out if you if you just look at it without playing it like you can see the yeah the she's got some lines her. on them for sure yeah so this is going to sound like a weird story but i just i just want to tell you all so i worked on a show called the following with kevin bacon yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kevin williamson and i, I worked the, the pilot of it and so because i never wanted to work full features so i got dragged into work this pilot and work with extras so i was like the background pa who dealt with the extras but one day they cast these tiny cops and they're like all right well we, we need bigger cops so I got brought in and the stunt coordinator, and we were we had to play cops. 
and I had to spend an entire day. How tall are you? I think James Purifoy. I'm 6'4". Okay. So I, uh, James Purifoy was handcuffed, and I had to run in, and I had to unhandcuff him. Then I had to pick him up, and then I had to handcuff him back <laughs> with, a, with a tiny key in my sweaty hand for eight hours. <laughs> I was a nervous wreck, and then Kevin oh Williamson, God. the creator, was mad. He's like, what was going on with these handcuffs? What was going on? Like, what's the problem? What, 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 yeah. I was like, no, they're real handcuffs. And I showed him the key. I was like, I have to unlock them. Then I have yeah. to attach them all in one scene. He's like, okay, you're good. Like, he just dropped it immediately. Yeah. But I, I really wanted to go into a dark room and just drink, drink some, like, cheap blended scotch uh, for the pilot <laughs> episode after that day. But I got paid twice. I was paid as a cop, and I was paid as a, a PA. Heck, but yeah. All day, I had to run in and wrestle. And then he, he he's purefully hit me somewhere. And I let out an audible during one of the takes. And it was just a nightmare. But I'm on screen with Kevin Bacon now, so I'm zero it's like, degrees. But it's like our whenever... bus passengers. They got double pay. Because <laughs> they got paid as... as they got as... stunt pay. All the extras oh, yeah, they got this stunt bus pay. got stunt pay. Oh, so Ruck was banking. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I had a bunch of days where I got tossed in to play extra things, and I would always get double pay. But... Whenever I see handcuffs now, I get really stressed out because like, <laughs> like, try like run in on, on camera, unhandcuff somebody, pick him up, handcuff him back while he's fighting you, not making it your life easy. Yeah. Barf. I think yeah. it's a really healthy emotion to feel a little stressed when you see handcuffs. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, hey. But no, I, I, that was a bad, that was a rough day for me. That was a, I don't think my heart rate went down below 120 for about eight hours because you're just waiting, waiting, sweaty hands. You have the key in your hand. Barf. They weren't like, they were real handcuffs. So that's my thing. That's my rant. That your handcuff story? Bentley, yeah. I, I don't have any handcuff stories. I was the one who did the research for this episode. Bentley, do you want to tell us your handcuff story? I was once caught rollerblading illegally on state property and was put into the back of a patrol car as they tried to scare me. But having police officers for family members, I'm like, you're not going to arrest me. And so I just sat there quietly and then they let me go and said, don't, don't continue rollerblading and sliding down these handrails. Does he, that's not really a threat. You're just sort of airborne it, <laughs> airborne it, right? Like they're not. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I was in the back of the police car and my hands were behind my back and I had handcuffs on. Oh no, no, but it's great. But like the cops, like what are they going to get you on? Yeah, they're just, not gonna get doing me on some anything. Sweet, he was doing some sweet. I was doing some sweet some tricks. Stairs. I was just doing yeah. some sweet tricks. Yeah, disturbing <laughs> the peace. Like you should blame the facility for having such sweet rails yeah. to grind on. Destruction of government property is what they were they were saying, and I was like, "All right, yeah." What'd you have on? Like concrete skates? Like what was this like? Oh, oh no, well, yeah, the, the concrete rollerblades, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, they, and the wheels were made of knives, you know. <laughs> you were just tearing up the lawn. Oh, it was the best. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah, just mulch everywhere. <laughs> I had those aerator, those claw shoes, like, for your yard or whatever, where you aerate your yard. <laughs> How are you skating on those? It's tricky. Gosh. I got to say, I'm, I'm really talented. <laughs> if I was a cop, I'd be asking you questions about it. Like, so you, can you show me? Like that, that's how it would go, I think. Well, I was uh, I was a lippy youth, so oh. you know, I, I'm sure I'm I'm sure that my attitude no. didn't help me. <laughs> me? <laughs> I know. I got nothing I guess, else, man. I, I've never seen a better. This is good though. I love I love the camera work. They're so good together. The danger scenes and the the signs in the background always make me laugh. 
I feel yeah. like I should just mention, and this is a shout out again to Jeff Hamill, who's our uh, podcast navigator. I, we haven't mentioned the map. Um, and I will just point out just for the sake of verisimilitude, a couple of things about this map. Um, first off, the red line didn't even get to Hollywood until 1999. So there's a little bit of artistic license in this film. Um, and it doesn't quite do what it says it does here in this map. I mean, it is true that the red line does go along Hollywood Boulevard and it does turn right pretty much right when we get to the Chinese theater. Um, but there's a lot more red line after the exit, um, which I don't know if you picked up on this, Bentley, but did you see what the exit is? That's the last thing before we get to no more red line. Franklin? It's Western Avenue. Western. We go back to Western Avenue. We're back is, on Western. You know, of course, where we had to detour at the beginning. But there's, there's actually there's two whole stops after Western Avenue on Hollywood Boulevard before we start turning north up towards Universal. Yeah. Um, so this is not, I mean, it, it's good for the movie. Not exactly what the red line does in real life. Well, it wasn't finished yet. So, you know, that may maybe they made some changes. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else. Mark, do you have anything else? No, this was great. Wonderful okay. kicking. Well, here is our pop quiz for Tuesday. Pop quiz um, for you all to think about. Um, which is it's about the five stages of grief. Which I mentioned. Um, which I feel like we're going through now as we prepare for certain death. Um, so my question for the two of you for tomorrow. So I mentioned denial. I mentioned bargaining. Um, can you all name any of the other three stages in the five stages of grief? Again, don't tell us now, Mark, but we'll ask you at the beginning of tomorrow's episode if you know any of the other stages of grief. Got it. All right. But, um, in the meantime, I, I, again, I don't know. You've you've talked a lot about sort of your experience with the film, both back then and now. But is there anything else you want to add in terms of how you appreciate this movie now in 2023, as opposed to how you might have seen it 30 years ago? I mean, I think it just fully leans into the the silliness. We're going to jump this bus. We're going to jump this thing. It's just I, you know what I like about this movie? It's just like we're going to entertain you. And if you can just if you can just enjoy it, if you can just roll along with it, you're going to love it too. Like I, I think it's out there enough to be like just to like, I mean there's a reason why it's a blockbuster and people still talk about it today. It's just I love how it just wants to entertain. That's it. Like it's we're going to jump this thing twice. We're gonna, like but they also bring so much more to it than just a stock action film there's so many stock action films but we were talking about the camera work today dennis hopper acting his face off it's one of the it's like a it's, i think it's one of you could call it one of the prestige action films of the 90s so it's yeah i mean i don't know if it's tier one hard boils my favorite action film from the 90s but it's it's up there like you would have to consider it as being like a first round draft when it comes to action films so yeah, that's, that's about it very good well and Mark, can you remind our listeners um, where we can go out and find you or read you or hear you on the internet? Yeah, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, Connie, the podcast, Movies from the Flicks podcast, and then just a bunch of other sites that you can hear. Yeah, just, just look behind you. I'm probably writing. <laughs> you, you do a lot of work for Rotten Tomatoes, too. Yeah, the, oh yeah, the videos for them, the versus videos, and then you can you can type in Mark Hoffman, Rotten Tomatoes, see my articles, and 
I do a lot more like research stuff behind the scenes. And then if you go to fandom by the numbers, there's a fandom on the YouTube page to buy the numbers. You can see a lot of the videos I worked in. And if you go to film theory, you can type in film theory, Mark Hoffmeyer. My, I had a, my first video ever hit 10 million views today. So I have a 10 million view that, video that I wrote. So I'm, per, I'm pretty happy about that. Wow. So yeah, you can go check out my stuff and my podcast and movie sounds and flicks. Uh, hello to everybody in <laughs> Denmark. It's doing well there. So hello. Very good. Well, Bentley, why don't you put a bow on today's show? Oh, a bow for the show. Well, thank you all very much for joining us on today's Speed Movie Minute. Make sure that you've uh, subscribed, rated, and reviewed our little podcast so we can game the algorithm, make us feel important. Uh, keep the conversation going. Oh, it's always popping. Over in our Facebook group, Bus2525, the party is always going. And uh, make sure you play along with uh, Pop Quiz Hotshot on our Spotify feed or on our Anchor page. The winner gets to go against me in Speed Movie Minute Trivia, curated by Mr. Roger Wistar. All the links for your success are in the show notes, and we will be back tomorrow. It's hump day, and we will be back with more Speed Movie Minute. But until then, and as always, in the immortal words of Sam Silver, the bus driver, this ain't no bus stop. <laughs> <laughs>